Welcome to the Crossways Podcast, a podcast where we talk about how to walk and wear the cross. We're your hosts, Jonathan and Matthew. We are so excited to have you join us. Um, whenever you're listening, um, or watching, this podcast is brought to you by the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ and the Ministry League. We're glad you're here. Absolutely. Now I want to stop you for a second. Okay, that's Cause, fine. Cause I sort of pause. This is what I get. This is what I heard. We are so excited. You didn't sound excited at all. I didn't sound excited at all. Not at all. So we got to redo it. No, we don't have to redo it. We don't have to redo it. it, But let's just let's just let everybody know. We are tired this morning. (laughs) We have had um, a a crate. Not it's not been a crazy week, but yesterday was a busy day. It was a busy day. Jonathan and Catherine had to go to Florence, which is an hour from here, to the doctor and had a great doctor's appointment. And, but did. then he left and went to Birmingham, and just about two hours. And, and I went to Birmingham <laughs> with with my wife and and two of my kids and a friend. And our boys' basketball team Tuesday night played in the final four of the Alabama state championship. Mm-hmm. Um, they played a phenomenal game. Came up just a little bit short, yep. but played a phenomenal Led game. Ninety percent of the game, yeah, to like the last five minutes of the game. Yep, and. Um, so we are super proud of our community and our school this morning. But for us old guys, get, getting home at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock is so late. And, and I stay up that late, but it was just being getting home that late mm-hmm. was different than being able to kind of sit down on the couch and stay up late doing nothing. But I'll tell you, that on top of then, <clears throat> then coming home to water issues uh, was not fun. And um, so that also you just, adds to the, the the tiredness and the stress. But we are excited that you're with us and watching us. Wherever That's much you better are, than I did. Wherever <laughs> you are, however you may be, thank you for making us part of your day. I'm Matthew, and this is Jonathan, and this is the Crossways Podcast. <laughs> Look at that. Maybe you should do the introductions from now on. But uh, I tell you, I'm also ready for it to start getting warmer. And, uh, yeah, we're having a really cool week around here where it's like 70 degrees at noon and 30 degrees at midnight. So, yeah, but it is nice to have it is. some warmer weather. But you know what that means in the state of Alabama? Uh, I do. As it, it gets I, warm I, up, as it warms up like this, we are getting into storm season in Alabama. And you... And we had we had the, the fall storm season. Now we're going to have the... The, we're, we're the other storm season. Yeah, and so <laughs> it, um, but you've had a very limited experience with Alabama storm season so far. I have. You've not been here for like the real, like April and May. Yeah. And um, it, man, it gets, it gets kind of touchy. Yeah. Kinda I know touchy. for, for me, the, the storms that I've experienced are more in the fall during hurricane season. Mm-hmm. Which are completely different because you have a whole lot more prepare time, but sometimes you're like, "Oh, we're safe," and then the storm, and then the hurricane shifts all of a sudden, and uh, so so that, that that's always an issue, and um, but I haven't had a lot of experience with straight line winds except when I was in Tennessee at Freed, mm-hmm. but in Tennessee, at least at Freed Hardeman, we were in a valley. So yeah. uh, oftentimes, any tornado or any storm, bad storm stuff would just skip right over us. Yeah, when we were in East Tennessee, um, no, when we were in Middle Tennessee in McMinnville, uh, there is this mountain 
right before you get into McMinnville called Short Mountain. It's where Short Mountain Bible Camp is. Beautiful place. But those weather fronts would hit that mountain and it would completely change the dynamic of that. Yeah. Of, of what it was running into. So it was, but I mean, around here, I mean, it's just, it, it is a real deal and it is, it's, it's scary at times and it's, it, it is different than hurricanes, even though we do have a couple of days of, Hey, this is coming. This is coming. You know, with hurricanes, although you're watching it for a week, you're watching it for a week. And, and although the devastation can be a lot more spread out, um, you're talking about a moment that, in an instant can change your life with this weather stuff around here. And yeah. we're, we're getting, we're getting in that, but you know, um, that's kind of what we're talking about today is, is we're still on this understanding God's will for your life and, 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 and thinking in that direction. But today we're going to take a look at, you know, how in, in understanding God's will for your life, how do we deal with circum different circumstances that come up in our life? And, and, and circumstances are very much like these storms. You know, sometimes yeah. in our life, we have the hurricane storms that we know, hey, this challenge is in front of us. As a family, we're fixing to face this challenge as an individual. I'm fixing, I, I see something on the horizon. I know it's coming. Yep. And, and I'm going to have to face it and deal with that. But then we also have those tornado moments where it's... Boom. It's yeah, here. The siren's, all, the siren's going off. You, and, you, got, you got three minutes to get, get to, somewhere. To get to do what you need to do. Yeah. And... And so I guess I'll, you know, kind of to, you know, how do you feel? I mean, like, how, how do we begin to, how, how do we as Christians, we're seeking God's wills, we're trying to walk in the way of the cross. How do we begin to prepare ourselves to still live in God in those challenging circumstances? Well, I think we have to, and, and this is going to sound, I'm not sure how this might be received. But I think we have to almost always be prepared, mm-hmm. not just say, oh, because the more, I guess, ready we are for trials, because we can't say, oh, trials will never happen. And, and I'm just going to always have good times. Well, that'd be foolish. You know, you can, and but also equally foolish is to say, I'm always going to be living in trials and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Well, that also is equally foolish. I think we have to understand that. We can, that we are going to experience hard times, but we can always get through them with God's help and with the help that he's given us, which is also each other and his scriptures, his spirit. I think all of that has to be related. That makes sense. So Peter says, I wanted to make sure I gave the right apostle the credit here. (laughs) Peter says in 1 Peter 4, 12, Beloved, do not be surprised yep. at the fiery trials that has come upon you as though something strange were happening to you. Dear friends, do not be surprised by the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening. Okay, And, and so he's, you know, Peter just lays it out there. Hey, whether it's one of these things that I've had three weeks to prepare for or it's the sirens are going off. Mm-hmm as a Christian, don't be surprised that challenges and trials, and of course he's talking about issues of persecution, that, and that they're warning them that it's coming. Hey, so it's hey, that long range. You see that army out there? Yeah, <laughs> but, but you know, don't don't be surprised by them. You're, you're right. I mean, don't just, I know as, as, we, as we think about these storms, it's funny. You know, we've got some great weather guys around here, and, and they will, 
usually long range modeling and stuff, you get about six or seven days of, hey, this day could be interesting. Then every day you get closer, you get more and more, um, you know, clear information. But then there are still people that even though, you know, we're, we're watching this for seven days out, you still have people that when the storm hits their house, they're like, we had no idea it was coming. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me, and and so I, I've been blessed to be able to travel quite extensively growing up um, in the states. Um, our family, um, our parents had a plan to attempt to get us to all uh, forty-eight continental states before we got out of, got out of the house. Not just driving through, we had to go do something in that state besides just eating at a restaurant or driving through for it to count. And um, one of our trips, one of my favorite trips, we uh, flew on the to the coast, just I guess just north of San Francisco. Drove to visit San Francisco for a little bit, but then drove up Oceanic Highway, mm -hmm. which is beautiful. If you ever get a chance, highly recommend that because you get the beaches, you get the the sequoias, the big redwoods, you get some big cities like San Francisco. But one of the things is you also get to see. If you go up north enough, Mount St. Helen. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm too young to remember the event of Mount St. Helen. I'm not even, because it happened in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So I, I was born in 90, so I am too young to remember. But that museum was was awesome. And one of the documentaries we watched and their little big theater. Their they little were, big theater? I don't know. They're, they're, what you said, their little oh, big theater. Well, sorry, sorry. The, <laughs> their big theater. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for pointing out the my that's okay anyway there was um a man who you know because they knew something was happening mm -hmm. at this mountain at this volcano they didn't know what would happen or at least the extent that it happened when it basically blew the mountain in half i mean because it, it it was devastating especially if you're if you're old enough to remember or you've seen the videos but there was a man near the the foot of the volcano the foot of the mountain who said i've lived here my whole life i ain't going anywhere and uh, during the documentary, the guy was talking about the dude, and he went, and I'm standing where his house is, but he's about a couple hundred, you know, however many hundreds of feet or a thousand feet below me right now because of what, what, happened? Of what happened. But I believe it was a couple hundred feet. But he goes, oh, he's down there still in his house. And because I know it's coming. I've been told it's coming. But, you know, sometimes we're too stubborn to even, we can't say, oh, I'm surprised it happened. We go. I'm just not going to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to act like it doesn't exist. And that, that'll that be deathly. In this case, it was for him. But for us, it can be spiritually, yeah. you know, fatal. You know, I was, we were talking to some friends a couple of nights ago and, and, and some good friends that we've made here recently. And uh, this wife was talking about, let me back up and say, sometimes challenges and trials that are coming up are very spiritual. They're very, it's sinful. It's okay. And, and sometimes yep. it's just kind of an emotional thing. And, and I was not expecting this to happen. And, and this, 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 um, this mom told us that they have really plugged into church over the last six or seven months. They've made a huge life change. They've plugged into church and just over the last week, they've lost a, a set of friends over it. That they're living, they've decided to live this direction towards God. They're walking in the way of the cross. And these other friends are walking in the way of the world. Mm -hmm. And they just basically told them, look, you're just, our, our paths aren't crossing in the same places right now. And maybe one day we can reconnect. 
It's what they told this couple that's coming to church wow. here. And it really caught her off guard. Yeah. It 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 hurt emotionally. Yeah. Even though she knows, hey, look, my life. Even though, hey, we and she said, I, I knew coming into this that we could lose friends. That this was going to be a change. But that's a hurt and a challenge that you don't expect, you know. And, and when someone says, "Hey, look, we're we're going in a different direction than y'all, so this isn't going to work anymore," you know. I, and I want to say that because I think sometimes we talk about challenges and and stuff in that hypothetical spiritual Satan's coming after you, and and we don't think that there is a price to pay to our Christianity, and that's a challenge too. Yeah, that's a circumstance that. That we're not always prepared for, mm-hmm. of of someone coming and saying, "Hey, we can't be friends anymore," or your faith is costing you this, and then you've got to sit back and go, "Okay, is it worth the price?" Yeah, and and so those challenges can look. Challenges are not always just something that comes in and upends your world. Sometimes Although, they're small and subtle. But that can't. But 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 that kind of encounter can feel like it's uplifting your world. Yeah. Especially when it's good. These are my friends Mm -hmm. that I've had for, these are all my friends. Yeah. And and for someone like, you know, I don't know how you are, but for me, I grew, I always grew up super plugged in. Mm -hmm. So that happened before we became friends. So for me, it was either, wow, I have no friends. (laughs) No, but exaggerating a little bit or, I don't want to be your friend anyway. Yeah, you know because uh, I saw that disconnect. Doesn't mean it was still wasn't made me Hurtful, difficult when yeah. I was especially young because when you're kids it's difficult. But as as you you know age and become into adulthood, when you lose those connections, it, it begins. You have to ask: Is this worth it? Mm-hmm. And even is though this, this actually worth it, even though this couple is replacing those relationships with Christ-centered ones, and they're in time, near. and in time, they're going to be a better. Yeah, losing those people that you have leaned in on and 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 walked through some things with is is a challenge. It's it's a circumstance that you they knew it could happen, but are you really prepared for that? Yeah. And, and so, but I, but I, I, you know, I give this couple props, I mean, and, 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 and I'm, I'm sure she'll, I'm sure she'll listen to this when, and she'll know who, she'll know exactly who she is when, um, when she hears it, but I'm proud of them. I'm yeah. proud of them for saying, these are our circumstances. Is it worth it? Is the challenge worth it? And they go, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I think that along the side of kind of also looking at saying, God isn't limited by our challenges. No, this is uh-huh. this is a very challenging. Probably, I I I can't speak for 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 people that that are experiencing it that I haven't. But I would imagine this is one of probably the most difficult things. This may, maybe other things, but it would be very difficult to experience this. And it's easy to say, "Well, I'm all alone." Yeah. And 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 God really doesn't doesn't care about this. Or man, this is not something that and or that hey. No one at church understands, or no one here understands, but God understands it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus was betrayed by his best friend, one of his best friends, one of his closest twelve. You know, he understands what it's like to to lose relationships, and he's there as our our mediator, saying, "Hey, I understand. I've been mm-hmm. right there. I, I've been where you are." And then we either sometimes think, "Hey, it's either too small or too big for God to care about," and, and we. 
especially people tend to do one of two things and really one of three things. The healthy perspective, obviously, but the other two, I guess, one of two unhealthy responses to, to struggles is they try to minimize it mm-hmm. and say it's really no big deal. I, I deserve this or it's, it's nothing or they overcomplicate it by saying I'm the most suffering person on the planet. Woe is me. And both of those don't account for God's love for us and the and the help that we can get with leaning on on God. So one of my favorite passages about Jesus, and, and this very idea comes from Hebrews chapter four, in verse fifteen, it says, "This high priest talking about Jesus of ours understands our weaknesses, yep. for he faced all the same things we do." Yep. And I mean, Jesus even had, had I mean, Jesus had moments where people he loved didn't understand what he was doing. His own family didn't understand what he was doing. His brother thought he was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 he had to say, hey, look, it's either this or that. You yeah. know, it, it's got to be either God or 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 my relate or my friends or God or my family. And he had those struggles. He had to he had to face those emotional struggles just like we do. He had to walk through them. Yeah. He had to experience it. And I think we forget that sometimes because sometimes, even though we're looking at our phones, um, we read the pages <laughs> of the Gospels. You know, we read the pages of the Gospels, and it can be easy to detach the humanity of Jesus from the words on the page yes. and forget that this guy got tired like us. This guy had, before we started the podcast, Jonathan, I thought he was going to pray or something or puke or something, but he just goes, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. And and we forget that in the humanity of Jesus, he had the he had mornings just like that. Of, yeah. I have had five thousand people following me for four days. I just want to get in this boat and go to sleep. Or I just want to go to the garden and leave me alone. Yeah. For a little bit. We we read a lot of times where Jesus just went. Uh, I'm gonna get get away for a little bit. And and, so, and, and let them just go. Oh look, it's nice. He's praying. No, it's. Jesus is exhausted and he goes, I just have to get away and mm-hmm. I need to spend, I need to recharge myself with God. Cause if I, I also, I also think if, if he never did that, he would have snapped. Yeah. I mean, he goes, I have to, I have to recharge, refocus and remember this. Cause, and this is kind of going off of what you read in verse 15 about, man, we have a high priest who's able to sympathize with us. Right. But then the next verse let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times mm-hmm. of need. So, and, so man, I mean, how awesome. powerful is, is to know that, okay, look, not only is he not limited by our challenges, okay, not only is, okay, I'm losing friends over this, but I know that God loves me enough that I am losing this here, but he's also promised me this community of believers, mm-hmm. this family that I'm going to be able to be a part of. Hey, I, I know that I've gotten this awful medical diagnosis and it's a challenge, but he's also promised me he's the great physician. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, I am I am struggling with this sin in my life and it has been keeping me away, but he also promises me, hey, here is forgiveness, here is mercy, here is grace, here is a group of people to confess to, they're going to help you carry through. The, you know, there are all these, even though this is going on, 
God says, I have this on the other side for you. And I'm, I've walked through it already. Yep. And I can, I know that you're able to pass through this and get to the other side. Yep. And, and I'm going to be right here with you. Yep. And, and, and I think sometimes, and this is the, the maybe the part that we, we don't want to hear. And, uh, but I think it's necessary. It doesn't mean we're always going to get the outcome that we want or desire, mm-hmm. whether we're sick and we're wanting to be healed or whether, you know, we're in a situation and like, oh, hey, help me not lose these friends. Well, maybe losing friends is important. Maybe that's what's necessary. Mm-hmm. But um, I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they faced this huge, not only trial, but temptation. Because mm-hmm. trials and temptations are different, right? Temptation is something that we personally struggle with, but trials are things that are I think sometimes forced upon us. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes we can say, I put myself in this trial, but they're all kind of different, but related, like a square, rectangle. Hand me, those, hand me that piece, hand me some of that notebook paper right there. Just, okay. Just keep talking. And yeah. Send it here. Yeah. And, okay. um, but when they responded, they said, Hey, we know our God mm-hmm. is going to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, even if we die in, in that furnace, right? We're still not going to bow down. We're still going to serve our God. So they said, hey, we know he's able and we believe he will save us from this mm-hmm. from this fur fiery furnace. But we also know that if if we perish, we're still we're still going to do what's right. And that decision being OK with knowing, hey, the outcome I'm desiring may not happen, but I'm still going to serve my God is important mm-hmm. but it's probably one of the most difficult things to to accept so uh, i'll share something personal of a personal experience of, of challenging circumstances and and and, I, and and we'll kind of pivot with maybe this thought a little bit into how do we handle these things um james chapter one verses two and following talks about a lot of this and we're all we all understand the the oxymoron, if you will, of verse two, of consider it pure joy, <laughs> my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. That's why I want the paper because we're, you were talking about the difference in trials and temptations. So so this is my favorite illustration of a, of a trial, okay? So, you know, you're just going on about life. And if you're listening to this, not, if you're listening to this, not watching it, you're going to miss it. But, but here is, here is a, a trial, okay? So you're just going on through life and then all of a sudden, you know, appreciate it, boss. Hey, oh, I was gonna throw it at the camera, but I figured that would be more. <laughs> you know, you're just going on, and all of a sudden, bam, something just hits you. Yeah. Okay. So this was one of the major things that we dealt with in our marriage. Um, our we we miscarried our third child, and Blair went through that in in a, in a physical way, but man, I went through it in a hugely emotional way, and. One of the challenging things about that circumstance is the day that we went to the doctor and there was no heartbeat and Blair had to go home and, you know, work through that physical process. I remember pulling out of the parking lot of the hospital. I just stopped in the middle of the parking lot and I just, I, I am bawling and I'm just punching the steering wheel. And and Blair will tell you, I've never seen Matthew that emotional because I've, I had never been that emotional. But one of the things that is hard about challenging circumstances. And I felt this so much in that moment is the hard thing about challenging circumstances is you were not in control. Yeah. You were nothing. God was in control the whole time. God had me in his hands. Mm -hmm. And even though 
the prayer was for because we knew that there was a good chance of that a few days before, even though the prayer diligently for for two days had been let this cut pass. Don't don't let this. No. It it still happened, and so. But. What God did do. Is He provided us with some relationships that were our rock during that moment. Mm-hmm. But how did God see us through that? Did God himself come down here and wrap his arms around? Well, we're not in the physical sense of God, but God's people were there. Mm-hmm. And when those challenging moments came, we were able to find joy, not in the actual challenge, but in what God had put around us to help us through that moment. Yeah. And and so we really struggle with this idea of, the, one of the, one of the just the commands of God is when you're facing these trials, these moments are just smacking you in the face. He says, "Consider it pure joy," and that seems like the dumbest thing that God yeah, could say sometimes. Offensive. Yeah, and, and I mean, I hate to. Say, I'm not saying God is dumb, but from our perspective, it just seems like you're looking at God, and 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 sometimes you get this in David in his writing of Psalms. But there are sometimes that he just walks outside and looks at God and goes, "Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, what are you thinking?" Yeah. And, you, and Job, you have this all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and but then he comes in, he says, "Look, consider it pure joy, because even though here it says the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and and there is more to say about that, but I think even more so because God goes, I've got you." Yeah. These moments are challenging. These moments are hard. I'm not limited by this, and I've got you. Yeah. Lean in on me. Lean in on your people. And you'll be stronger after. Yeah. And 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 I and I and I and I wonder. And I because I know things that I've experienced. But once we come out on, I won't say the other side, but once we experience something, we we are then. We, it seems that we're more equipped to then help someone else later. Okay, and that is that is such a powerful thing because for Blair, what Blair did after after this experience is she poured herself into a ministry that was provided through um, the hospital uh, that we went through that with, um, and it was there to help other mothers. Mm-hmm. And and since then she has had a very soft spot for other moms and couples who, and both of us have, who have experienced miscarriages and losses and pregnancies. And um, Lonnie Jones said one time, and I'll never forget this, uh, your experiences don't define you as a person, but they need to define how you serve others. They yes, define your I like ministry. That. Yep. And, and so just because I've had this bad experience doesn't mean that I'm a bad person or that, that I'm, you know, it, it, this moment doesn't define me, but it does give me the opportunity to serve other people. And Blair in particular has taken that moment of challenge in our life and said, I'm going to turn around and the things that I learned and that I was given, I'm going to turn around and give those to other moms and other couples. And that's, I think what God expects us to do. And that's how you find joy. You know, in, in, in those moments. The moment itself is challenging, but God has helped me come through this and I find my joy in God. Yep, find my joy in God, find my joy in, in being strengthened. And um 
and then be able to then serve others with it. Mm-hmm. And, and not only and I'm and I'm going to say this, and I, I really truly believe this. I don't think it's oh I have the ability now to help others. I think we have the responsibility. You had the I think yeah. you had the ability to begin with, per se. Yeah. It's just God brings that to the forefront. Or you have the experiences to understand. Now. Yeah. So you can have you can be not you, you can have that. Not sympathy, but you can you can have the empathy because you understand their suffering now, and it would be if if we and I believe it's a responsibility because if you see someone who's struggling the same way you are and you sit back and go, well, I figured it out. They can too. That's pretty harsh. I mean, hopefully you had someone helping you, but then you're gonna sit back and be like, mm, hopefully they have somebody to help them out one day. Uh, that that's you, and and. Or maybe you 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 didn't have someone, and and you and you had to crawl and fight your way with God, um, and get out of it. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could say, "Hey, here's what I found to be real helpful," and sit down with them, in love, and with Jesus and with God and say, in the Spirit and say, "This is how we can do this," and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be your support system. I I I think that's a calling, at that point. And it's and that's what it means to be able to build up one another, and to really be a body uh, of of believers is to making sure that when one's weak, we become stronger and we can help each other out. You know, I hear a rhetorical, not smart aleck, but maybe on the verge of of smart aleck in Matthew seven, where Jesus is talking about asking and seeking and knocking, and he says. Verse 9, which which of you, if your son asks for bread, gives him a stone? <laughs> you know, if, if and, and it's 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 a rhetorical question. He's trying to get him to think, but, but I hear him going, hey, look, if you've got this ability, you've come through, and now I understand how to use this, and I've got this ability and this gift and this, this experience that I can then pour into other people. He's saying from, from a God perspective, how many of you are going to ask for something from someone you love and they're just going to give you something completely irrelevant? Yeah. And he says, you can't, you can't, you can't be that way. And, and that's, I mean, that's the whole point of discipleship. That's the whole point of what he says in Titus where he says, hey, older people, you've experienced these things pour into these younger people. I think in James, when he's talking about confessing your sins to one another, I think that there's, the reason behind that is so that, hey, let me talk to you about this because you have a different perspective on this and you can help me. It's not just about forgiveness, but about walking through it and getting to the other side or, or conquering that. And so it's, um, it's, I mean, this, I, I, I didn't think that the conversation about this particular topic would be, <laughs> you know, this, um, be what it is today, but you know, it's finding, Finding joys in the in those moments is one of the most challenging things about our circumstances. But okay, but here's my question as we transition into the practical. He says to do it, but how do we begin to get ourselves in a place to do that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, look thinking back to what we said at the beginning with the storms, you can say, okay, um, be safe. Go be warm. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay, hey, hey, there, there, there's a back storm coming. Uh, there's a tornado cell coming. Um, everybody, um, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. If that was the only warning anyone ever gave, 
Would that be very helpful? Okay, and so <laughs> in um, in East Tennessee, where there's not a whole lot of storms, where we moved from to come down here, there's not a whole lot of storms. I'm not saying that that's how it was, but there is a difference in uh, the news coverage in East Tennessee with storms that coverage down here. So um, up there, it was very much, hey, there could be storms coming, and then, but storm coverage didn't happen until like for the, the day of the event. Yeah. Because tornadoes were just not a thing with the mountains and everything in East Tennessee. It's just not as big of a thing. Now, there were severe storms, but now down here, like I said, it's a seven-day thing. And <laughs> it's like the Sandy Hurricane up in the New England states. Yeah, like it's I was like, coming. Hey, guys, did you not call any of the Gulf states to be like, hey, how do we do this? Because they were very unprepared. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and so we have in Birmingham uh, a couple of really great weather stations, but most of our people that are listening from around here will know James Spann is – one of one of the best meteorologists in the country. He is our state meteorologist. He uh, does a great job. And so seven days out, okay, he's doing blogs. He's doing video updates. He's doing all this stuff in prep and to get you ready. And this is what he says. He goes, because we had 10 years ago, for those of you that aren't from around here, 10 years ago, we had a massive storm set of storms come through this area. And, and unfortunately, there was a lot of loss of life. Um, and, and it in, over the last decade, it has really changed the perspective of, of storms here in this area. And so this is what he says. I know a lot of you have storm anxiety, and that's very real and very understandable. But he'll say, we're going to get through this. But it's important that you have a plan and you have a place. Mm-hmm. You have a plan of how you're going to handle it. You, and he says, in your plan, you need to have this. You need to have a radio. You need to have helmets. You need to have like a go bag of important things in it. So you got to have a plan and you got to have a place to go, a safe place to go. And he goes, if you have those things in place prior to that moment, we're going to get through this. Yep. And that'll preach right there. Have a plan and have a place. Yeah. And and, and part of that, I think, um, with our plan in place, you know, our, our plan when we're experiencing these trials has to, has to, first involve God. Absolutely. And, and, and maybe that's spending time in prayer. Hey, mm-hmm. before I make a decision and say, hey, how am I going to handle this? I just need to, maybe it's prayer where you're saying something and you're, you know, at least maybe out loud, maybe in your head, or maybe it's your plan, you know, a prayer where you say, God, I don't know what to do. And then you just sit still. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and speaking of prayer, I had a really good conversation with a, a minister, um, friend and mentor of mine yesterday and at, at the church where he's working now they've really been talking about fasting and they're getting ready to do a 10-day fast as a church um, and it's not just they're not going to just not eat for 10 days but they've given some different options and ways but when I think of a plan and I think of prayer mm-hmm. I don't know why but within our brotherhood we talk a lot about prayer but we don't talk a lot about fasting yep and the two go hand in hand and a prayer by itself is awesome and amazing and powerful. But to me, fasting is like prayer on steroids. <laughs> okay. I mean, to me, that's what it does is it takes your prayer to the next kind of spiritual level of this is how serious I'm about that. And so I think you can disagree and, and, and that's fine. But I think that when we have these challenging moments of, I know something's coming. I need to prepare for this, that we would be better prepared for those moments if part of our plan 
was fasting within our prayer life. Now, we could go, and maybe we do sometime, maybe we do a podcast on fasting and talk about the practicalness of that. I think that would be a good thing for us and for our, for our listeners. Um, but not just, okay, God, I've talked to you about this for five seconds, now take it and go. But as I pray, let me be very intentional and let me pray about this and fast about this and let God know I am serious about seeking your guidance and direction on this. I like that. Because then it's also about maybe even asking, hey, help me understand and know the, you know, maybe your, your purpose mm-hmm. or my purpose. But also not just that, but help me accept it. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe I don't need to understand, but help me accept what I'm go what, I, what I'm experiencing, because yeah. I know eventually I'll understand, or eventually I'll be able to use this, or eventually I'll be stronger, or maybe I'll be rewarded after life. Whatever it is, it's help me accept what you've given me mm-hmm. and glorify you in in all situations, and which our, is hard. It is hard, but I think that when you when you put that prayer and fasting together. Um, I think that it opens the door for greater understanding and it shows God a more seriousness about you. Now, if you don't understand fasting and you struggle with that idea, then okay, then let's just start with prayer. Okay. But if you're really struggling with not seeing results through just prayer, then maybe it is time to think about that in a deeper context and make that part of your plan. Yeah. I think so. And what about the place? So the plan is the, the prayer, making sure you're involving God, and maybe, you know, leaning on each other. Your, your place. What, what would you think that would be? I know we were talking about it before. You, you worded it really well. Yeah, I, I, I worded it real well. I'm, That's I'm, great. I'm putting, um, you on the, putting you on no, the spot. You put me on the spot last put, time. Yeah, put, yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, one of the conversations we had about some of this stuff prior to today was talking about, you know, our place is church. Yeah. And and even though in our conversations we understand what that means, we also don't want to give off the impression that it's just your place is just about going to church. Or a location. Going to yeah. church on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. And for those of you that are listening and not watching, that's in air quotations. Because <laughs> there is a difference in what we say is going to church and church vernacular and actually being a part of a church family. And so I think when we think of a place, although I think worshiping with your church family is important in the process, that's got to be part of your mm-hmm. place, but equally is the fellowship, is the relationships that kind of like, you know, like when we went through our miscarriage, we were able to walk back into our church family and they were able to wrap us in love and carry us in that moment where I didn't feel that I could do anything and I felt helpless. They were able to carry me through helplessness. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of people, their church life revolves around just going to church and they don't have that next step deep relationship. So when they're going through these challenges, they've not prepared for it. They don't have a plan. And their place is very shallow in yeah. spirit. And, and that's because in, in Western culture, Western civilization, the the emphasis on individualism is through the roof. Mm-hmm. 
you are responsible for you. You take care of this. You made you. You do this. You are successful. You work. You work hard. You go to worship. Your personal relationship with Jesus. And we keep doing this about a you, 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 me, 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 me. When scripture, some of it is, yeah, sure, your own faith. Uh, Other parts of it are togetherness, fellowship. There is so much to be said for communal worship, right? Community, yeah. Togetherness. Just as much, maybe even more so than individualness. Mm -hmm. Are you responsible for your own faith, your own salvation? Absolutely. Is that all there is? Communion. What's communion about? Is it about you and Jesus just eating bread and and drinking the the cup and, and thinking about that? Or is it also about... Together, together, and they even—I mean, yes, uh, I mean, Jesus even instituted that in a moment of togetherness. Like it was a moment. He didn't of, say, "Hey, when you do this alone," because no, when you come together and you and you were, and you collectively remember me, collectively do this, and we've made it so individual when it, and it, it, it there's really no basis biblically for that. So Philippians two, Paul says this: Do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit. And and so let's remix that to the Matthew and Jonathan. Don't be about you. Yeah. Okay. Don't be about you. Rather, in humility, and this is hard, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Yep. And so right. when we function like that in a church, what that means is when I have my challenge, I know that I'm walking into a church family who values my needs above theirs. Mm -hmm. And so it's saying, okay, despite what I'm going through, I'm going to make sure Jonathan gets what he needs. And, but I also know that despite what Jonathan's going through, I'm going to get what I need. And I know that I have a place. I know that when my friends that I've had for 15 years go, I can't do this with you anymore. Can't do this. I know I'm walking back into a place that says, Hey, they may not want you, but not only do we want you, we need you. Yeah, we need you. You're a part of us. You're a part of this. Yeah, and, and that's important. And, and that's all part of this whole big picture of knowing God's will. Mm-hmm. Is hey, we're all about glorifying Him together. Yeah. Whatever that, in whatever situation we might find ourselves in. And, and back to that worship idea. When I have this relationship with you, that translates into I'm I'm pointing towards our auditorium. <laughs> um, that turns into more powerful worship it does because i know that we are walking this journey together and then we're worshiping this together and and it just it's just more powerful absolutely absolutely well that's about all the time we have for today um we are so thankful and 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 that you've joined us today we want to remind you of uh, first peter 2 verse 21 which says for to this you have been called for Christ also suffered, leaving you an example that you might follow in his steps. We want to thank uh, Ninth Avenue and the Ministry League for um, uh, hosting this and uh, especially the Ministry League for allowing us to be part of their network of podcasts. Check it out. There is a new update on your app, all kinds of new information, especially about our upcoming Ministry League experience. And uh, if you have any questions, you can just contact us. Contact him. Contact me, apparently. Hey. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, yeah, Spotify, all all, all all these podcasts place. Leave us a subscribe. Leave us a 
comment, a comment, rating. a rating. Yeah. Um, he is really bad. Jonathan's really oh, bad about getting on. these things uploaded, so he's going to do that today when we get done. Um, but there is <laughs> there is not just the things that we've talked about, but Jonathan's been doing this for some time. If you're new to the show, uh, there's a lot of great stuff on there. Find us uh, at the Crossways Podcast on any of the major podcast providers, and I know that any episode you listen to will bless your day. Definitely. So. Well, appreciate that. And uh, everyone, have a good day. We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys.